Iwi leader Mike Smith is celebrating that he can pursue a court case against seven big polluters for helping cause climate change. In a 70-page judgment, the Supreme Court has ruled the case can go ahead. The climate activist of Napui and Natikahu dissent hopes the trial date will come quickly. He joins us now. Uh, kia ora, good morning. Good morning, Corin. If you are successful, if you were successful all the way through, what would that look like? What is success in this case for you? Uh, success would be some um, court-ordered compliance and enforcement regulations that would compel uh, our uh, greatest carbon emitters to um, so very quickly reduce their carbon footprint. By how much? And, and I'm curious, as, you know, these are big players in the economy. What if that had a negative impact on the economic well-being of a large group of people in New Zealand? Uh, well, the how much question is that we've got to get to zero carbon emissions. That's you know what we've legislated as a country, you know, a strategy to to create a zero carbon uh, economy. So I guess that's the that's the target. Um, and uh, is it going to cause some economic upheaval? Well, it's nothing compared to what the economic upheaval of unbridled climate change will do to us. And we've already seen what that looks like in terms of the. Auckland anniversary flood event, Cyclone Hail, Cyclone Gabriel, you know, which just smashed the economy of, um, of particularly the um, East Coast. And uh, if we've got that in recurring cycles, um, you know, once upon a time it was, these were 100 or 500 year events. Now they're, um, they're happening with far more regularity. So we can't have an economy that's continually crippled by climate change. The companies themselves, though, I mean, in a sense, are they actually breaching any laws? They are presumably all playing their part within the legal system, which requires New Zealand to obviously get to carbon zero by 2050. There's Paris agreements as well. What are they doing wrong in terms of the law? Uh, well, in terms of the um, our greatest um, percentage of emissions comes from the uh, agricultural sector, and uh, they continuously, through the efforts of their lobbyists, kick the can down the road and manage to avoid uh, their you know, responsibility um, for the emissions from that sector. And irrespective of whether or not it's a legal obligation um, or not, it's a, definitely a moral one. I mean, the jury's out on climate change, and we know what the implications mm. are going to be. And no, no, I, I think even Fonterra acknowledges that. They acknowledge that they've got the, that they that there is an impact, and they're trying to do what they can. I guess the question and the argument back from a farmer would be: they don't have the technology to reduce their emissions. So, what option are they left with, other than to stop farming? Well, you know, there's this notion of um, of pulling carbon back out of the atmosphere, and somehow there's going to be some the great vacuum cleaner in the sky technical fix that's going to do that. But um, I think that's, you know, it'll all be over by the time somebody dreams up a technology that's going to remove carbon from the atmosphere. What we've got to do is just stop putting it up there in the first place. And so it doesn't require a technological fix. For example, we could reduce the size of the national herd, um, you know, very quickly and therefore reduce all those carbon emissions coming from dairy, cow, uh, dairy cows. You, I mean, you've chosen the seven largest emitters. Is there a threshold in terms of emissions? I mean, some might say, well, why not go after Greyland SUV drivers or, you know, uh, retired baby boomers travelling overseas? Uh, yes, well, everybody's got to play their part, but obviously we want the biggest bang for the buck, given that it's a, uh, you know, escalating crisis, and we need to be pulling carbon uh, down, you know, at speed and scale. So, 
obviously, we, we, you know, aim at those that are creating the most harm. And, um, and so that's a good place to start, Corin. I'm sort of going through all the arguments here, Mike, but one of them yeah. would be, which is, you know, this is presumably getting you match fit. Um, <laughs> one, you. one of them uh, would presumably be uh, around the issue of how do you actually prove a clear link between the harmful effects which are no doubt are happening into your coastal areas, where your hapu and, and areas, and the actual companies having caused it? How do you, you know, a direct link? Yeah, you know, it's um, it's not that linear in terms of the science of climate change. You know, the emissions are put up into the atmosphere. Uh, they cause um, heat to be trapped, um, you know, close to the surface of the earth. That's warming the ocean. That's causing storms. That's causing heat waves. It's causing sea level rise, and all of those things are impacting upon uh, the whānau where I live. Um, we're seeing sea level rise, dramatic sea level rise, actually, around the coast where I am. Uh, we're experiencing the flood events. Um, like, yes, like yesterday, for example, it was 30 degrees in a lot of places. And, um, you know, it's the first day back at school for a lot of young kids, and they're sweltering away in these classrooms, many of them that don't have uh, air conditioning. You know, so it's just not... And this is, we're just at the beginning of the of sure. the impacts of climate change. So, I mean, everybody's feeling it. Uh, it's not just us in the north. You've only got to step outside and... Um, and you're amongst it. So the link is, is pretty clear in my mind. Okay, Mike, thank you very much for that. That is Mike Smith, Iwi leader, who is going to pursue a court case against the seven big polluters for helping cause climate change.